Welcome and congratulations. I'm delighted that you could make it. Getting here wasn't easy, I know. In fact, I think it was a little tougher than you realize. To begin with, for you to be here now, trillions of drifting atoms had to somehow assemble in an intriguingly obliging manner to create you. It's an arrangement so specialized and particular that it has never been tried before and will only exist this once. For the next many years, these tiny particles will uncomplainingly oblige in all the billions of cooperative efforts necessary to keep you intact and that you experience the supremely agreeable but generally unappreciated state known as existence. Welcome and congratulations. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. I cannot make a truth out of all the lies I'm telling myself and everyone else. Do you want a cup of tea? Just who do you think you are? Sometimes you have to lose yourself before you can find anything. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I rock, I ran, Eurasia, you know, I speak very, very um, fluent Spanish. Everybody's got a thing, just taking the things not worth having. But don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. Welcome to program number 47. Already's here, and we're going to continue our little soiree with the three amigos. What I want to do, first of all, is go back to that quote that I asked Dan about earlier that Kale posted on the site. And Kale says, Invalidating others and justifying ourselves serves to strengthen the bars of our conceptual cages. Call it caginess, if you like. Who wants a stronger cage? Tell us what you think about Kale's post. I think it's just a really lovely way of putting, again, um, that contraction around being an individual. It comes back down to the same thing. But I think um, the cage thing, the whole individual thing, for me, it's always felt like trying to squeeze a square peg in a round hole. You know, you can kind of do it, but you're going to ruffle up the edges a little bit. You're going to skew it. It's not going to sit very easily. You're going to kind of warp the hole a little bit, but it's manageable. And so you get this kind of skewed... And, and you can kind of shuffle your way through life like that, but it's not really comfortable, you know? And it's like maybe you're putting diesel in a petrol engine, you know, it'll function okay, but not great. And it doesn't feel quite right. And I think that's what happens is maybe it's like a trigger, it kind of like there's this disquiet or unease, and um, that in itself can be a bit of a trigger because it's like, look, look, something's not quite sitting right here, you know? And the oneness thing, when there's a real resonance with that, it sits really well. I mean, it gels. It's totally like, that's... It really does say, well, <laughs> it's, it's just what is, you know. Mm. So this overlay over the top of that and, and, and the cage, and yeah, oh, it's not comfortable. <laughs> no, but you can do it, you can manage, you can get by. Get well, by. some people get can by. get by, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I think some people, like, kind of flow by, you know, mm. it's fine. 
and there's just no way of knowing how it kind of pops out but you know sometimes it gets really uncomfortable and then maybe some kind of inquiry the start of the end maybe here is a lost announcement where is it damn lost it oh here it is lost one rusty cage well, I had it yesterday Okay, we'll come back to Dan a little bit later. But this kind of goes along the same theme with one of the posts that Jacob put on the site, you know, how Dan mentions the investigation. And Jacob asked you, Gilbert, to say something more about how you go exploring the owner of thoughts with yeah. the apparent aid of thought. I don't want to answer that question again. Why don't you put the question to Morgan? Okay, let's ask Morgan what Morgan has to say about this. I saw that question posted on there. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing is the owner of thought will never be found. Mm -hmm. I think, as was said, the seeing is not conceptual. So, you know, the seeing doesn't really have to do with a thought construct. So really, I thought is not going to be helpful in this matter. Morgan, you would have heard the expression, you use one thorn to remove another thorn. Is there any truth in that? I think, yes, that is the value of thoughts or of concepts, is to remove other concepts because the being is what's already present. It's just seemingly obscured by an idea of separation. So a concept can be used to get rid of another concept and just show it as false. You know, I've had the opportunity to talk to John Wheeler a couple of times, and that was my experience talking to him, is that a concept would come up. I'm trying to, you know, just be straightforward and put everything on the table, as it were. You know, just bring it all out, bring it forward. So the concept would come up, and he would basically look at it and kind of disassemble it and destroy it. And all I'm hearing is the words, you know, we're talking on the phone, but it still helped to break those concepts apart and not be burdened with a thought construct. Because the being is what's already the case. You know, it's already the case. The only thing that seemingly interferes with that is ideas. And the idea, without fail, is going to fade, is going to disappear. Because it's an appearance, and every appearance does, you know. I think, Bob, you know, the phrase appearance, I think that's a very good way to talk about what appears. Because it's not really making a judgment. It's not saying it's real or it's not real or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just saying, you know, this is the appearance. I just think that's kind of a clear pointer in that way. Well, what do you think, Gilbert? What does it matter what you think? <laughs> okay, that's It's not good about enough. thinking, is it? Or is it? No, it's not about thinking What do all. you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Do I think? Oh, I don't know. I've got a word or two to say about the things that you do. Self-call.
let's go to chemo now, Gilbert. What do you think? Yeah, get into it. Sully says, in response to Timothy Freak's podcast, you are not a person, but you are a person. So which one is it? Sully is referring to Timothy Freak, saying that we are both. If we are the empty space in which all things appear, then we are all things, not just this person appearing, right? How would you answer, Sully? The way I would say that is that you're none of those things. You're certainly not a person, as we would conceptualize that. All these things are just words, but, but that's a little bit of an advice to shuffle to say that. It takes a lot of guts to share, especially a, a gratis sharing like Timothy Freak. I, I understand he's an established uh, sharer of this information, and really some of the stuff he has isn't bad at all. I think he's got some clear stuff there. And he's referenced the part that everything that we can perceive is in this consciousness. But there's a becoming part in there. And I think he's genuine. But on the other hand, this is what folks want to hear. They don't want to hear it direct. And most of us do. Most of us who share this on Bob and Gilbert's terms want to hear it like that. And, mm. and it, it kind of uh, undercuts a little bit to talk about the personal struggle and, and grant that reality when it really has none, it does not exist at all. It's an appearance. It, this person with problems and, and this character that he says that he is at times can't stand on its own. It's just fleeting at all times. It never has any solidity and being at any time for even a fraction of a second. It's just a thought and a bunch of stories. I give the guy credit. Part of the reason I'm doing this interview is, is because I want to show that kind of expose myself in a way. Because Timothy is kind of exposing the teaching there. And, and you could say it's an unclear teaching from a pure standpoint. But on the other hand, it's, it's a genuine sharing. And there are things to be gleaned from that. So how I would answer slowly is to say you are none of those things. And then I would lead him to Timothy Freak Part 1, which in my estimation is some of his best stuff especially after minute 20 but really uh two and three is more food for the seeker we can't say that's good or bad it's just uh, ineffective in my take Listening to the Urban Guru Cafe, and we're speaking with Chemo, Dan, and Morgan. I'd like to ask Dan a question now. You say the fullness and emptiness are not two separate things that occur at different stretches of time. They are two words that point at the very same thing. Could you elaborate on this for us, please? One of the things that I find is like, you know, we talk about this emptiness, this form, form is emptiness. They are the same. So it's not like there is form, and then there is emptiness, and then there is form. It, they are the same, it's spontaneously at the same time. Okay. So it's the formlessness that is arising as is the appearance. It's the forms and the formlessness. So it, again, it's kind of transparent. The appearance is it's almost empty. <laughs> it's, uh, that, that's, that's why it's kind of like it's, you can kind of see it. It's, it's, it's very dreamlike, you know, so it's, 
it's, it's just trying to get past the dichotomy again, that dualism. Because I think one of the things that we're talking about here is, and this is why I, I really appreciate the real direct pointing by a lot of the people talking about this, is that it's really, what we're talking about here, I think it's often forgotten very, very quickly. Because we're talking about Advaita, it's non-duality, it's, it's one without a second. But I think that is, ironically, I think that is one of the first things that's, that's actually thrown away. It's one of the first things that's disregarded. Um, almost forgotten, and we, and we kind of lose ourselves in all these concepts. But it's never been about two. It's never been about there being two. It's, it, I think there's a, there's a line in the hitting mean. It's good to remind yourself it is not two. Um, and that's so easily forgotten, I think. The very open fact and obvious bottom line that this is just one, or it's oneness that we're talking about, really burns away everything else. You know, And I think that's the one thing that's, that's forgotten very, very quickly. And then from there, it spins out. No one can describe it. It's, it's impossible. And Dan, time is a construct that most people would buy into. Yeah, time is, is that thing which allows us to play out in that story. And within a convention of the story, there has to be such a thing as time, otherwise you know it won't make sense. Um, it can be very much an abstraction for the mind to actually think about there is never such a thing as time. Um, from the perspective of an individual, there obviously is. But because this already is done and complete and already and finished and done already, there isn't any time. Um, it's just this. When you've fallen awake and you take stock of the new day And you hear your voice croak as you choke on what you need to say Well don't you fret, don't you fear I will give you good there isn't any time, um, it's just this, but within that, time is just simply just another phenomenon that appears and arises within this, you know, so there isn't any time, it's just, all there is is this, and it's, it's nothing, and it's apparently appearing, and then in order for the appearance to change, there has to be the the kind of time. Time's not the enemy. Again, it's like this thing about the mind not being the enemy. It's not. These things are just simply things that have to arise within the convention so that there can be a, an appearance. And it does take the juice out of the whole thing. But the tune ends to it does take the hard edges out of the world and make them soft because it's just Rather than, I think what happens is before it's seen, everything is a movement towards it. It's a journey and a path towards getting it. But I think once there's a scene of it, it just simply appears as a celebration of it and it's beautiful. And then that's kind of like, it doesn't really have to happen. But it's beautiful that it does happen. It's mm -hmm. nice and it's fine that it does happen, but it doesn't have to. And it's just an expression, an explosion out of it. And it's just a celebration. It's just one that's celebrating itself. And, and then the question obviously comes up, well, why? And there's no answer to that. <laughs> and we can talk about, uh, we could be very poetic and romantic about it and say that it, you know, it's just playing with itself. But it's kind of bouncing, you know, bouncing off itself all the time. So it's one of the first things that, that kind of really came to me was that, like, even this here, Areti and Dan, it's just, um, it's just simply one that's bouncing off itself all the time. There isn't anything else but that, so it can only bounce off against itself, like patterning. And the way that it does that is that it has to, you know, these forms, uh, manifest that they come up you know and it's, it's just hitting against itself wherever it moves it's only moving into itself and bouncing into itself all the time and you get this movement this flowing this bouncing and patterning energy it's all the one same energy and it's beautiful and it's just so we can 
bounce against itself, talk to itself, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's, yeah, it's really, and, and, and that really just take the weight out of it because it's almost like, well, none of this is really has any meaning or any, any consequence or any relevance. It's just the same thing. It's really beautiful. Sorry for telling stories that you know I believe are true. I just can't do what I've done before. I just can't beg you anymore. I'm gonna let you pass. And I'll go last. And time will tell just who has. And who's been left behind When you go your way and I go mine Seekers are hooked into the concept of process they think that they're in a process yeah and they're going towards a future time of attainment attainment and that's all time-based so morgan can you say something about these time-bound teachings right the progressive path which basically is just pandering to the idea of separation and the idea of time also which you know as has been pointed out a bunch of times no pun intended looking directly at one's experience there is no other time than right now. There never has been, there never will be. It's totally impossible. There are thoughts that arise that seem to recall a past or think about a future, but it's always happening presently. So that's a, that's a very obvious one that's been talked about a lot, you know. Mm. Um, but I don't know, it's just kind of sad to me. It's like, you know, um, I know there are a lot of apparent people out there there's a lot of suffering, you know, apparent suffering, I'll at least say, that's happening. And it's just that a lot of these ideas just feed into that, that, you know, and continue it and keep it going. And it's just kind of tragic in a way, you know. Um, I mean, I guess the bottom line is that everything is happening the only way it can. And it's really perfect as it is. Um, and I think the idea, you know, there's that, there's that obvious, uh, very popular idea in spiritual circles that, you know, once one's true nature is realized or whatever, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that all problems will cease. You know, that, uh, you know, everything will be perfect. Whatever, you know, image the mind has of perfection uh, will be what happens. And I think that, that keeps a lot of people seeking in that way, too, or a lot of apparent people will say, you know, seeking um, because they're waiting for this perfect thing to happen, this perfect experience or whatever image there is of what it's going to be like, mm -hmm. you know. And obviously, as has been said a million times, you know, in the appearance, um, there has to be that contrast. There has to be pleasure and pain, dark and light, you know, all the different contrasts that allow it to appear. So it's, I think it'll always manifest like that. Long as I remember being been coming down Clouds of mystery pouring Confusion on the ground 
Douglas Harding didn't have a head, and if you don't have a head, how can you have any suffering? Is suffering in the body somewhere or in the head? Where is that suffering? Where's your suffering? Well, suffering's just a thought, clearly. If you don't think the thought, how can you have any suffering? That's right. Oh, there's an energy behind it. There's a special... Isn't everything energy? Yeah, well, everything is energy, isn't it? Why differentiate? You say, behind this energy, this appearance, there's another energy that's kind of, you know, driving the whole thing. Let's put the question to Chemo. What is suffering, you ask the seeker? Well, it's a me. Is this me uh, actually suffering? You know, does the person really exist? And I just want to anesthetize myself with a spiritual understanding to say that I don't exist. Or do I really not exist as a person? That's the exciting thing about this. You know, Reddy, I would have never gone deep into this, so-called deep into this at all, because we don't go anywhere. We're just running around in concepts, and we never get out of that one reality. There's no one who has this, and on the other hand, there's no one who doesn't. But um, the exciting thing is, is there is no person. <laughs> there's just this ising. There's just a, a verbing, as I like to call it. There's just a seeing. When you see that there's no concept that's seeing, there's just this natural functioning. And then the difference between a so-called adult and, and a child is there can still be conceptualizing about separate items that are seen, but there is no subject and object there. You start to see, too, that everything is in the seeing. That everything comes to me as this awareness that I am, this isn't. Every object that I want to conceptualize, it is, there's no dividing line anywhere. I live in the United States, but there's no actual line around it that separates it from Canada or Mexico. There is on a map, and there is with the stories that I tell, but there's no separation. This is all just happening in what I am. Okay, well, that's about it for the program. Do we have your seal of approval already? Yes, bang, sealed. You loved that, did you? I thought it was great. It's yeah. really good to hear what other people have to say about this. What do you think? <laughs> do, do you think? What do you think? Do you think? Don't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Imagine if things could talk. Imagine <laughs> court cases where evidence is being presented by a knife. wall or a chair. You know, it would change the world completely, wouldn't it? Yes, totally. Imagine, no secrets anymore. Imagine if microphones could talk. The stories <laughs> they could tell. Actually, Ry Kuda wrote a song about this. Well, if things could talk, and I'm sure you'd hear a lot of things to make you cry, my dear. Ain't you glad? Ain't you glad? Oh, ain't you glad? Ain't you glad? Ain't you glad? Glad that things don't talk. Welcome and congratulations. I'm delighted that you could make it. You have been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. In fact, 
The Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia. Excuse me, Mr. Wolf. I'm looking for the Urban Guru Cafe. It's just down the road away. Who's that I see walking in these woods? Why, it's Little Red Riding Hood. Hey there, Little Red Riding Hood. You sure are looking good. You're everything a big bad wolf could want. I just want a cup of coffee. Oh, I'll be back. Oh, what big teeth you have. Bad.